You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome in to this edition of Big Drive Energy, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't get it twisted. I've been on a heater lately between Michael Porter Jr., the Rockies, um, not last night, but the Rockies in general, just betting on them at home, not on the road. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, go check it out. Use that promo code DNVR. Mitch, what's up? I'm Well, first of all, I'm your co-host, uh, Big Drive Spence, as they like to call me, along with my brother and uh, also Big Drive but Big Drive Mitch. What's up, bro? How you doing? I am doing swell, man. Just enjoying a day off. We're getting a little rain here in Colorado, if people don't live here. But uh, the moisture has been good. So my my arm is a little – my left forearm is sore, and my left hand is sore from the hole-in-one challenge we had on Monday. But other than that, uh, we and we will be discussing that here a little bit later, but uh, other than that, I'm doing great. Good, good shit, man. Um, so for those of you guys that do follow along, listen to us, we've had one hell of a week at DNVR Golf and for Big Drive Energy. We had our golf tournament on Saturday. We had a winner. We picked finally picked a winner. It only took us till mid-April, late April, but we picked you a winner on the PGA Tour. And we also did a hole-in-one challenge, which the only thing that would have capped it off and made it a better week is if we had hold it. And we didn't, but if you guys checked out our live streams yesterday, thanks for enjoying those. I think uh, our awesome producers, uh, Allie and Aaron, are going to make a pretty cool video out of it, even though we didn't make a hole-in-one. There was a lot of lot of camera work, about five hours of recording, us laying on the ground, us singing, us doing a lot of 
a lot of weird weird things but that's how we get when we got a little slap happy so uh, why don't we start off with talking a little bit about the Zurich Classic and uh, you're welcome for those 15 units everybody out there listening who bets with us we kept betting the mullet and he finally came through for us team Ozzy yeah dude they played really well uh they ended up in a playoff with Charles Schwartzel and Louis. Who's the other? Who's the other South African? Louis Oosthuizen. Well, yeah, Louis Oosthuizen. Um, and I mean, if we're being real here, uh, the South Africans kind of lost it for themselves in the playoff. Louis on the second playoff hole, they both parted the first time around. Second playoff, or no, I'm sorry, first playoff hole. Was it the first? Yeah, what? Well, I'm sorry, it felt like a. They played 18 twice in a row, so the first one kind of felt like a playoff hole because they were both tied going into the last, and they both parred in regulation, and then they both went. So they both teams went into the playoff, and Louis Oosthuizen just steps up to the tee box, doesn't take a practice swing, nothing, and just tosses one right in the water. Like I don't know if he got a little overzealous with it or just he. it was such an automatic thing. He's like, yeah, I'll hit the fairway, and – he steps up and hits a 40-yard banana cut right into the water, and so it kind of allowed our guys to play a little conservative. And it, it was just a fun battle all, all weekend, though. There was a lot of really good golf being played, and especially with that alternate shot. I mean, so many of those guys, a lot of a lot of their teammates are good friends um, that they choose to be teammates with. They're all good friends, so uh, – it makes it a little easier to get through it. Like if you hit a bad shot, you don't feel as bad if it's some if it's your buddy as opposed to some random dude you're like losing hundreds of thousands of dollars for. But uh, it seemed like they all had a really good time, and I I am glad we finally got ourselves a winner out there. Yeah. What? So what did you think of the team format overall? I got. Do you think they should do more of that on the PGA Tour? Uh, less of that? What do you? What, what's your thoughts? I, I think it's awesome, dude. I think it's a blast and. A lot of the guys love it too because golf is such an individual sport, and the, and when these guys get to team up, especially with their good buddies, uh, it can really actually elevate your golf game. I mean, we saw a few guys that didn't quite have PGA Tour status out there, or very minimal status, like the dude who was playing with Morikawa, um, Ven, Ken, not Ken Ventura. Uh, um, I forget what Ventura's first name was, but. I've never heard his name before, and obviously he's a good stick if he's playing out there with Colin, but uh, that was probably really cool kind of to see what it was like out there, and when you got one of the guys who's probably playing top five best golf on the PGA Tour in the last year as your teammate, it's going to elevate your game, so I really do like the team format. Uh, What did you think of it? I I enjoyed it, too. I think they, honestly, they should do more of that on the PGA Tour and get guys more involved with each other and it's not, I mean, it's serious because they, they both were, you know, playing for over a million dollars, but it it allows, like you said, it allows the game of golf to become not just an individual thing, but, you know, you have to work, not only work well and hit good shots, but some, some of the players' games, especially in the four ball uh, is, you know, it, it is what it is. You're, you're, the best players are shooting the lowest scores or winning that, but in an alternate shot, a lot of the times you'll see players that game their, their games don't really match up that well and they and they kind of struggle as an alternate shot and like an alternate shot it's funny cuz so 
kind of going to the DNVR golf tournament that we had Saturday, that's a scramble. And like a two, four person scramble is, is what it is. You got four usually different players. That's going to be the team that's the best. But when you have me and you, for instance, who play a very different style of game in a two person scramble or an alternate shot, we may not be as good because I'm used to like playing more out of the weeds i'm used to you know i'm I'm, when you're just you're used to closer approach shots you're used to shorter wedges i'm used to hitting it to certain numbers and and really trusting those and playing a little bit more conservative off the tee so yeah i i would say you and i in a scramble do very well together because our games match up well for a scramble but uh when it comes to an alternate shot that's a real challenge and like for instance i mean cameron smith loves to play a draw and Mark Leishman loves to play a fade. So those two guys' eye lines, like they're, the visual of different holes can set up different for the two different players. So you really have to strategize. And I really think it does come down to just being comfortable with your partner. And I heard a great, a great quote from, I want to say it was like Byron Nelson or somebody back in the day when he was playing in. No, it wasn't Byron Nelson. I forget. Uh, Walter Hagen, maybe one of the all-time greats, but when he, whenever he had a teammate on the first tee, he said, I just want to apologize right now. I am 100% given all my effort. I'm trying as hard as I can. I will not give anything less than 100%, but if I hit a bad shot, I'm not going to apologize. So I'm going to apologize right now, and this is the last time you're going to hear this today. But just know I'm giving it 100% out there. And that's really the truth. Like, as a teammate, it, if – you feel like you're not only letting yourself down, but you're letting your teammate down. You know what I mean? And that it, it can actually put a little bit more pressure on you in a certain way. If you look at it like that. So, yeah, well in golf, you're kind of on a team every week with your caddy, but you're, you're the one still making all the shots versus and when you're playing a team game, like they were the other, the other person is directly affected by your shot. Now, a caddy's indirectly affected by bad shots, but they just care about a score. But when you're playing an alternate shot and you're putting your dude, your your boy that you're probably friends with in a shitty position, and that's why I think it was so big. I They say teamwork isn't that big of a deal in golf, but a competition and, and pressure and all that stuff that goes into more a teamwork with like a golf team, you know, like the more competition you put, like we try to, we strive for that all the time. Uh, with the EHS golf team that we coach we try to get them to compete with each other and be better than the other person because it just pushes everyone to be better but I think Leishman and Smith um, it was pretty funny actually Mark Leishman uh, cut Cameron Smith's hair he gave him a little mullet trim before uh, the round on Thursday and Cam was like he was Cam was apparently going to go to a barber shop and Leishman's like, ah, dude, just stay here. I'll do it. And he's like, really? Like, this is my mullet. It's kind of my thing. And and Mark goes, yeah, I, I do this all the time for the boys at home. So he uh, he let him cut his hair, and there's no more team bonding than than that. You've cut my hair a few times. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's hilarious. Well, and also Mark Leishman wearing the fake mullet to the first tee was hilarious too. And that was really the thing with those guys. I think one of the reasons they succeeded was because of that level of comfortability with each other and just the lightheartedness that they carried throughout the week. They're, they're Australians, you know, they're laid back. They like to have a laugh and, uh, it seemed like they really enjoyed themselves and they played well. And Louis Eustazen and Charles Swartzel are two of the more laid back guys on tour. Also. I mean, Louis is just 
just chill as cool as a cucumber, just as chill as they come. Even when he just he rinsed one in the playoff, he really didn't react as near as much as a. Uh, uh, any of us would have, you know, with a million plus dollars on the line. But then there's no worse feeling I can attest to this when you're in an alternate shot. And I actually don't know if I've ever done this to a teammate, but the, you hit the first tee shot and your teammate just has to tee up another one. <laughs> like Charles just having to tee off on the same tee. That's like never a very good feeling at all. But that 18th hole at the Zurich is a really, really good hole. And so is a fun finish to watch. And, it was kind of disappointing that uh, all Leishman and Smith needed was par up the last to get it done because that's a, a fun hole. I mean, I think it was playing 570, so it's not super short, and those guys probably have between 260 and 280 into the green. And so it's a pretty big hit, and that pin was in a really tough spot. So uh, there could have been some fireworks coming down the stretch, but there really end up, didn't end up being anything just – cam and and leash playing pretty conservative and taking home the the dub so yeah i I just enjoy the team format overall and i think the funny thing that when you look at the scores if you're not paying too much of attention to the tournament and you just kind of look at the scores uh you can tell the difference and how tough it is even as pros to play an alternate shot versus playing a four ball or a best ball because i think leishman and smith went into sunday uh, or yeah, they went into Sunday 18 under. They were nine under the first day in the four ball. Then they were Is that even thunder outside. Yeah, that's massive thunder. That's why I'm getting oh, wow. my that's Sorry why I'm getting my windows replaced because you can hear it clearly <laughs> through them. Um, but th- there was they were nine under the first day in the four ball, and then even par the second day, and then went nine under again in the four ball the on Saturday and before. I think shooting three under to get to the playoff and then making a par in the playoff and winning the championship. So just goes well, to show you. And, yeah, anything under par in an alternate shot is damn good, in my opinion. Yeah, and and what's funny about that is just if if Leishman would have went out there and Cam would have went out there by themselves, they would have shot two, three, four, five under this week. But they're in an yeah. alternate shot, still one ball, but two players, and they're struggling to stay even par. So... That's where the game of golf can really get exciting is when you, you know, when you play a team game. And I know, like, when we play, you know, usually when we play in a foursome, we play two ball, you know, best four ball, but two against two and, and play match play. So that's usually our game of choice. But it, I, I wish they would incorporate this more on the PGA Tour and kind of takes, takes the seriousness out of it without taking the seriousness out of it for the players, you know. It allows them to be a little bit more laid back. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think there's a different atmosphere to it when you do have a teammate out there. There's not the, uh, I mean, they're very, there's competition for sure, but it's more about being with a teammate. And like we were saying, it's generally somebody you're pretty comfortable with. So uh, it, it was just a really fun tournament to watch. And that, that golf course is great too. I do have to say, um, Henrik Stenson and Justin Rose were leading after round two. And those guys were one of my picks. Uh, I can't really take any credit for that. And I had another team that played pretty well too, but I don't know if I ended up, I don't think I ended up cashing on any Oh uh, yeah, it was, it was Max Homa and Taylor Gooch. Didn't they end up doing pretty well? I think they were in the top, like, I think they finished T27. So they, they oh, fell, shoot. they fell off on Sunday for sure. Uh, yeah, I was going to say because they were right up there. Um, 
after maybe what the second round yeah they were only one shot even on the last day they were only one shot out of the top 10 but they ended up stumbling down the stretch the wheels came off the wagon yeah yeah for sure and i uh, didn't we pick one other team who else did we pick uh one of my other teams was horrid i think it was tyrell hatton and someone now tyrell hatton's got covid and he didn't play they didn't play well at all so they finished t8 did they? Him and, Dan- him and Danny Willett. Uh, I definitely didn't have them then. Uh, whoever I had was terrible, the other group. Oh, uh, okay. They okay. didn't even make the cut, I'm pretty sure. So, Did I pick Doug M and Justin Suh? I think you did, actually, and they were leading for a little while there, too, on in the middle of Saturday. They- yeah, they finished T11, so. Yeah, they but, were- I mean, you, there, there were some teams that you really haven't heard a lot of their names um, so far this year. I mean... Bryce Garnett and Scott Stallings finished T11. I haven't heard Scott Stallings' name in years. Uh, Bryce Garnett, kind of the same. Tyler Duncan and Adam Shank. I've heard Shank's name a few times, not really Duncan. Uh, Thomas Peters and Tom Lewis finished T8. Keith Mitchell, Brant Snedeker. I mean, there were some teams that kind of came out of nowhere. And I did call. Did I not call the Peter Uline Richie Wierenski pick? I could have sworn I threw... threw that out there too i don't know we're gonna have to check the tape yeah we're gonna have to check the tape dude because i said that because peter uine won last week on the web.com and warinski i think has been playing pretty well but yeah they finished third so i really wasn't a whole lot of talk about them but they finished they played really well uh overall just a really fun tournament though love it uh love watching it really really good event so and just in case you guys hadn't heard it enough I'm going to cut to the clip right now of me calling the winner last week. Um, Of course, I'm going to sprinkle these guys top 10 as well, but I have to go back to the well and our our guy Cam Smith, as always. He's playing with Mark Leishman. Both been playing really good golf. Mark Leishman was top 10 in the Masters. Couple of Kiwis. Couple of Kiwis, boy. They're... uh... That they got that Aussie vibe, Cam Smith. I can't get over his mullet. So I'm picking them. Um, they're the third odds-on favorite to win this tournament at plus 1,400. So I'm going to toss a little bit on that as well. All right, so now we're going to be moving on to the DNVR Golf Shootout. What did you think, man? That was It, it was a party, and it was a gr- well, we can call it well-run. That's a biased personal opinion. I thought it was a well-run <laughs> tournament because we worked our asses off to do, to put that on. But a, bi- a big shout-out to everybody out there. If you're listening and you played or you supported in any way, uh, I know a few people came out and supported uh, groups that were playing. And now it's even... So I'm going to give a little shout-out to uh, Nighthawk. And I was telling somebody about her the other day. I don't even really know her name. Just know her as Nighthawk on Twitter. She's one of DNVR's biggest... Uh, followers, subscribers, all that stuff, but she came out and watched on Saturday, and she currently bought herself a putting mat and was practicing putting, I just saw on Twitter, with a glass of wine uh, celebrating something, so looks like we've got another one that caught the bug, and honestly, this golf tournament was so much fun, and heard, we heard groups hooting and hollering from three, four holes over, um, we heard you know, people yelling about making birdies, people yelling at other groups. We had some We had some dudes dressed up in avalanche jerseys that showed up, swagged out. Uh, we had a guy show up in full-on Broncos shirt and knickers. He looked incredible. What, what did you think of the, thing, the tournament overall? Oh, man, I thought it was a blast. And especially, it just goes to show the kind of support that DNVR has in general and the, the growing support for DNVR golf. 
and for us, which is just really cool. But the fact that we basically put it out two weeks ago and sold it out in two weeks is is pretty damn impressive, especially being at out at Spring Valley, the Valley of Fun. I, I know we both work there. We both love it. But it's a bit of a drive. I mean, almost everybody was coming from Denver. I heard some guys coming from Lakewood, Longmont, maybe not Longmont. Um, Thornton. Oh, Chris, uh, Chris Spomer, uh, shout out to him. He came from like Fort Lupton area. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. That's, he that's drove badass. A, drove a long ass way down there to, to make it out for the tournament. And the support was awesome. Like you said, a little behind the scenes for you guys. So we probably decided to have this tournament, what, the end of March? Finally got uh, graphics for it. Finally got it all ready to go, ready to rock at Spring Valley. And the sign-up link out. Shout out to Clava Golf, uh, Brad and caleb they did a great job getting everybody signed up the live scoring i mean there was a few bugs here and there but they literally just launched that app for the dnvr golf tournament so there shout out to them follow them on twitter at clava golf uh, go download the app if you haven't already we're going to use that in the future for signing up for tournaments they made it super user user friendly for me to see everybody who was in the tournament and get people signed up and it was honestly kind of addicting watching people uh, logging into my clava account and like watching who signs up for the tournament because the first day i think we had 2024 20, and uh we expected 60 to 80 you know kind of get our get our feet off the ground and get going with the golf tournament that we wanted to run last year and covid kind of took it all down along with nuggets and abs being in the playoffs at the same time late in the year and whatnot but we finally had our first tournament and like mitch said Within a week, it was sold out, and we actually had to turn a few people away because we had a full golf course. So a shout-out to all the sponsors for that as well. Prio Golf, those ladies came out and did a little chipping contest. Strava Craft Coffee was there with a, the great CBD uh, cold brews in the morning, getting everybody woke, woke up because I know 9 a.m. on a Saturday is a little early for a lot of people. I was a, a little bit hungover myself, not going to lie. Um, but And then we had a... We had Strava, we had Breck Brews on the fourth hole, which was funny too because after the tournament I asked Mitchell to go pick up the cooler from the fourth hole and I expected there to be a couple beers. We had probably 140, 150 in. I was like, dude, how many beers are left in the cooler? Maybe we can snag a few and bring them home. He's like, there's none. So everybody got their fill of Breck Brew on the fourth hole. Um, shout out to Spring Valley and, and not us, but the golf course for putting it on. It was in great shape. Shout out to our our maintenance crew for putting all the putting the lines down and getting everything set up that morning. They did a great job as well. MSU Denver's a sponsor. They got to play in the tournament and um, like I said, Strava Breck Brew. Who else am I forgetting here? Um, Prio, I think. Did that just about cover it? Yeah, I think that, that about covered Oh, uh, Trendy Golf, they gave us some sick bags that everybody got to keep, uh, as well as uh, Illegal Pete's for the fucking fire shorts, the, uh, the Jackie Moon-style short shorts that, um, if you didn't check that out, check our Twitter from Sunday, I believe. I tweeted out a picture of uh, one of my good friends, Sam Gibb, and he was rocking those shorts with his little chicken legs, but rocking them nonetheless. And shout out to Illegal Pete's and all the sponsors that came through and were able to give us gift bags, Vice Golf as well. Everybody got a sleeve of Vice Golf balls. So if you didn't sign up for this tournament, if you were busy or out of town, we understand. Just make sure you don't miss the next one because they are they are a blast, and we're definitely doing another one before the year's over. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I also got to give a shout out. I don't know the guy's name, but whoever hit a 360-yard drive 
Um, so we did the long drive on hole number one and I had my flight scope set up out there and, uh, the readings were pretty damn spot on. I think it was a little challenging with some of the hills out there. Like if the ball kind of went behind the hill, it was tougher to pick up, but this dude flew on what? 337 and total was like 362. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he, so Mitchell, we ran, uh, we had the big drive, long, long drive competition on the first hole, and basically you didn't have to hit the ferry or anything, we just used the flight scope to track the total distance, and Mitchell, um, I played the front nine, we shot five under on the front, missed a few easy birdies, um, but then on the on the back nine, Mitchell played and, and flipped, and I took it. And I was like, what's the longest drive so far? And he's like, oh, it's 336 yards. I was like, oh, cool, cool. He's like, yeah, so you, you won't have to worry about it much. And then this dude steps up on the first hole, like my, fir- next, my next first group. or second group, and just hits an absolute moonshot. He cleared the trees on the left side of the over the bunker, and I was like, "Oh, that is a good reading," and and knocked it out there, three sixty two. So, shout out to him for winning the uh, Odyssey White Hot OG putter. Um, by the way, some great prizes given away in this tournament too. We gave out an Odyssey putter. We gave out a brand new Titleist golf bag. We gave out a brand new Titleist hybrid. We gave out some Spring Valley swag. There was some DNVR swag for the winners. Some Spring Valley gift cards. So. Don't miss the next one. I'm telling you, these are a blast. These are going to grow the game because in a four-person scramble or whatever we decide to play, making it as most as competitive as you want or as little as least competitive as you want and as fun as you want, uh, there's a lot of good prizes to be given away that aren't only to the best golfers. We had like the straightest drive on ten, and yeah, sometimes hitting it straight is is definitely hard. But you could hit it two, 20 yards out there and just be in the fairway and have won that and won the Titleist Hybrid. Shout out to J.C. Nicholson for winning that as well. So just a real good time. And, uh, and I just remember kind of right before the tournament started and we were kicking it off, we, uh, I just saw so many six-packs flying out the door of, of lattes <laughs> and uh, Breck brews and all that stuff. So there was a lot of six-packs going out the door and a lot of people had a good time. And, and also one giant... Um, suck it or f you to uh the person that unstrapped my golf bag off the cart that w- made me look like an <laughs> asshole um there's always that one asshole that when you're pulling out of the golf tournament and taking the carts out to the golf course and going to find your hole that my your bag falls off and that happened to me me i was that asshole that day so you hate to see it but overall yeah man it was an absolute blast we're gonna do a couple more of these this year and Win, lose, or draw, you definitely get your money's worth out of it. I mean, between all the prizes, all the giveaways, the round of golf, all of that, it's it's a blast. So uh, if you didn't get signed up for this last one, we'll definitely hook you up next time. And, and thanks to everybody for coming out and supporting us. It really was super cool to see it. Yeah, and speaking of winning, um, if you guys hadn't heard the first 15 minutes of this podcast, we mentioned it at least four times, uh, we got you a winner last week with DraftKings Sportsbook. And they're trying to give you more winners and hand you free money. So this week, the NFL Draft is coming up. Uh, It's always one of the most exciting TV events. I know last year during quarantine, it was about the most exciting thing that was going on. They did it virtually, and they did an incredible job. Um, But this year... This te- whether your team has the first pick or the last pick, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing the excitement right to you. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is adding to the thrill of the draft with a chance to win $100 off of a $1 bet. 
if a quarterback is drafted first overall, and I can guarantee you they're going to be calling Trevor Lawrence's name to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's already been helping the Jacksonville community. He's already tweeting about it. It's going to happen. So all you need to do is go to DraftKings Sportsbook on the app. Download it on the App Store and use that promo code DNVR when you sign up. Then you're going to opt in and turn $1 into $100 once they select Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR, and you will turn $1 into $100 in free bets. And then you can use those free bets, listen to our podcast when we give out winners. Um, Surely now we're going to get hot. I'm hot today. Um, it's coming, and you can turn one dollar into one hundred, and then use all those free bets on golf bets because golf bets biggest odds. Cheer for one player; they're fun. So use that promo code DNVR during sign up, and that's only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Winnings are paid out in free bets. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, moving on. So in our amazing weekend of DNVR Golf and Big Drive Energy, we decided to do a hole-in-one challenge uh, for charity, and we were going to give $500 to the first tee of Denver. If we made a hole-in-one and we set set the pin up at 140 yards and uh, me, myself, Big Drive Spence, Mitch, and uh, our, our boy RK, who's like basically the third DNVR golf member at this point. If he wasn't so busy doing everything else, I'm pretty sure we'd have him on just about every week. But loves golf. We got Allie and Aaron, the, the super producers, out there videotaping us sitting in the sun. And we tried to make a hole-in-one from 140 yards. It took us about 600 shots, and we did not get it. But Mitch, I'll talk a little bit about that day and just what it felt like and go through some of the range of emotions that we had and some of the funny things that happened that day. Well, yeah, so uh, first thing I'll say is uh, Spencer got to set the pin. Um, he was out helping maintenance out because they were punching the greens yesterday morning. Uh, here we uh, go. But- well, I'm not blaming you by any means, but I maybe am just a little bit because that pin was fucking tough, dude. And I, I don't think it would have been as hard if there wouldn't have been any wind. But with the wind, it was a tucked front pin, and we had a slope off of the right. Like, hypothetically speaking, with no wind, you could have landed it right of the hole and sucked it back to the left. But with the wind pushing, it was into our face and off the left. So it was knocking everything down and pushing it right. So it was very hard to draw it hard enough up against that wind. And there is also a tree, if you've never played uh, 17 at the Valley of Fun, there is a tree that does come into play if you really try to hook one. So you couldn't, like, really sling one in there. You know, I, I probably, I mean, unintentionally, we hit a few big hooks. But the the biggest hook I could really get close to the tree and still get on the green was probably a 10 or 15 yard draw so it wasn't like we could really sling something in there and plus from 140 yards it's uh a little tougher to work the ball that much too so but i will say we did have quite a few close calls uh i think spencer also kind of jinxed us because his very legitimately his very first shot of the day before the cameras were even on we were just warming up a little bit and Spencer one hops it and hits the bottom of the flag and it almost went in. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? 
and we Ryan and I kind of joked about it before. We're like, how funny would it be if we made one before the cameras were even on? And it turns out we didn't make one all fucking day. So that uh, no danger there. But the fact that Spencer, his very first shot of the day, hit the flag. And then I think before the cameras were on, I also hit one inside of a foot in my first like four or five shots. So we really felt dialed in. But the biggest challenge is I feel like in the middle of it, you kind of plateau. Do you not agree, Spencer? No, there was definitely a point where we got, well, first of all, we didn't eat for a while. So we got super slap happy. We were falling around. I was singing Phil Collins. We were yelling, shoot puppy, my yell, as much as we could. Like, trying to have a good time, but also, there was a point, like, there's the, it was a point of hope at the beginning, and then I think towards the middle, slash, like, when we were, we were getting close, like, we, we didn't have any lip outs, but we were, like, within a couple, like, every, we had a round of 120 balls before we had to go pick them up, and every round of golf balls, we had, like, five within two feet, um, but then after that, like you, you, you get to a point where you're like, okay, we still have time. We still have time. It's not, you know, like you're watching a Broncos game. You're like, oh, it's only the third quarter. They're down two scores. Stopping a score. Stopping a score. We're like we're gonna hole one out at some point. But then when it kind of got to the end, it was like, oh my God, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna be able to give money the first tee. Also, shout out Silver Buff for um, trying to match our donation. Although even though we didn't make the hole in one, we did make a three hundred dollar donation to the first tee of Denver. So. Just wish it would have been 500 and one of us could have had a hole-in-one. But, yeah, it, you get dialed in and you don't want to stop hitting for 10 to 15 swings. And then uh, the fr- I think the frustrating thing about it is, though, is that you we hit – out of 600, we probably hit 160 to 200 really good golf shots. But when you're trying to hole it out, if it's like four feet left of the flag, you're not even watching it past, you know – when it, when you just know it has no chance. Right, but when it's like you're a shot on, like you get to that hole and you hit one there, you're like, oh, you know, you're licking, you're licking your lips and like, okay, I'm gonna make two here, but two wasn't the goal; it was one, and so you really had it had to be going right at the flag, and the wind was really messing with us most of the day. Yeah, it, and and the, the challenging <clears throat> thing was too is I know that you and RK both prefer to fade it, and from 140, there isn't that much working workability, you know that. You can pull it or push it, but actually hooking it or fading it from 140 is a bit of a challenge. And I do prefer to draw it. So I was drawing it up against the wind. And honestly, I can say that into the wind off the left is my least favorite shot to hit any time, no matter what. And so I kind of, it actually kind of helped me get through that a little bit, a little bit because I had no choice but to keep hitting that shot so i i kind of got more comfortable with it as the day went on and there were all points where we were dialed in i'm not trying to pump my own tires here but i got really dialed in at the end like i hit probably out of the last 20 balls i probably hit 10 or 15 like right at it felt like it was perfect but i just kept and i felt like i had the the perfect number too but the gusts of wind were just such a killer i mean we had a few end up six inches short of the hole. Then we had a few that sucked back off the right and ended up six, or like a foot long. And, and said, just gauging the wind, I mean, trying to make a hole in one is clearly hard enough as it is. But then you throw a 10 to 15 to 20 miles an hour wind into the equation. And a front right pin with uh, wind off the left into us, you know, that, that was just such a challenge. And, um, I can't say I'm super surprised we didn't make one, but also at the same time, you feel like 
out of that many shots, you should be able to knock one in. And so that was the biggest frustration. And if people follow RK on Twitter, he tweeted a picture of me on my hands and knees um, after the golf shot where I really thought I had a, a good chance of making it. It ended up like six inches right behind the hole. And the ones behind the hole hurt even worse because you you can't really tell. You're like, oh, shit, that could go in, that could go in, and the depth perception's off. And, and so there was quite a few close calls. And frustration, I would say, mounted the most probably like on our third bag of balls, probably right in the middle, because we did plateau. And like Spencer said, there isn't as much of a sense of urgency in the middle because you're like, we have plenty of time. We still have plenty of shots to hit. And so you're, you're not really focusing. And, and I did mention it on the live stream, but my lack of focus really uh, came into play because I hit a few just absolute turds. And I just wasn't focusing. Like, I was, we were just fucking around, talking, bullshit, and having a good time. And I will also say it was an absolute blast, even though we didn't make one. There's something so electric about just hitting the same shot over and over again and just trying to perfect it. And I, I feel like not that many people really ever focus on one club that much. And I don't know if I really ever have either. So the fact that we each probably hit about 200 either pitching wedges or nine irons yesterday was, was just uh, pretty wild. And um, I know RK, I will give RK a shout out. He had a lot of really good shots. His biggest struggle uh, was his trajectory control because RK hits it very high. He hits it a long way but he does struggle a little bit to control trajectory. So he really ended up having a tough time controlling distance because there was a few of his where it was like right over the flag and it was 10 or 15 yards deep. And then we all left a few short here and there with the wind in the face. But um, that's one of the tougher things is being able to, to flight the ball down like that and, and really control the distance that way. But overall, I had a blast and we will be definitely doing that again. Yeah, it, it just goes to show you how amazing and how lucky a hole-in-one really is. And that day I finally get one after realizing that I tried to hit the same shot from not that far away and couldn't get one. It's just going to be all that much more miraculous for me. I know you've got one. We don't have to hear about it. You got three or however many you got, so we don't have to hear about it. But um, yeah, well, I don't want to poop on your party here, but there's a chance you never get one. No, and I'm not saying that no, in a no. mean way. I think that's being a little... <laughs> I think that's just I, I, a little too negative for think, my liking. I think you're kind of being a dick about that. But, dude, there, I mean, Graham McDowell, he's been on tour for almost 20 years. He's played, I, I would venture to guess, 2,000 tour rounds plus, and he got his first hole-in-one this weekend at the Zurich. And the dude's a player, obviously. He's won a major. He's won multiple times. European Tour, PGA Tour, great, great player. And he went, like, probably over 2,000 tournament rounds and doesn't have one on the PGA Tour. And that is really the, the challenge of it, too, is you and I don't play that much golf. And statistics show you, if you really want to go to the analytics, uh, the more you play, the more opportunities to have you have, the more likely you are to get one. Because it's just a numbers game, you know what I mean? It, it has to... It, it's there's an element of luck but you literally just have to keep hitting golf shots <laughs> yeah that's well, really the problem the amount of golf shots we hit that day probably around 200 a piece is more par threes than i will play the rest of this year 
probably. Oh, 100%. You know, so... Maybe I, two years. Yeah. I, I'd venture to say probably two years worth of wedge shots that I hit, that I will hit on a par three. And yeah, that's why I was saying, like, my forearm, it sounds odd, but the only thing that is sore on me is my left forearm and my left wrist and my left hand. And I must have just been strangling the shit out of it by the end of it because I was pressing so hard. But none of us are used to... I, I said it on the live stream yesterday. I am not used to hitting that many golf balls in a day. My max is about 40 to 50 anymore. And that's max, max. Like I usually warm up with 15 to 20 balls. So 200 shots is a lot of balls to hit, especially with the same club. Yeah. Which just goes to show you the grind of PGA tour players and those guys that go out there and hit that many shots daily. And we did it one day and we're like exhausted and tired and, there were some great moments to come from that, though. Um, a few that come to mind right off the top of my head is uh, RK. So Aaron, if you guys don't know Aaron, go follow him on Twitter at Aaron Patterson. He's our, our new video guy at DNVR, but he's incredible. And he was sitting down watching the um, behind, by the green, under the tree, watching the Jeff Brid- uh, Breidich emergency podcast from Drew and Michaela. And RK almost took out his picnic. He RK hooked one, and it went right over, right over. He yelled head. four, but I think with the wind, he couldn't hear anything. Well, he was listening. He has your AirPods in, so he was listening uh. to that. Yeah, and so he almost got dome domed, and then uh, Mitchell. I, that we need really need the video on that. But Mitchell lost his eight iron head, and so now that's two clubs in his new Callaway Apex set that the head has just fallen off in the middle of a swing which is insane yeah and they're brand new the apex tours they they look great but i would just appreciate if they would stay in one piece uh which they haven't been able to do now like spencer said i think i i've probably hit maybe 50 to 100 balls with that club and the the head flew off in my downswing which is very odd so um it was just such an odd feeling. I thought I thought it flew back and hit Allie in the face. I was, I thought it was going to hit somebody because I thought it was traveling with some sort of velocity. But turns out it kind of just fell off and just such a weird feeling. I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" But yeah, it was very funny after I kind of got over the shock of losing a second club head in the first few months of having these sticks. But. Uh, yeah, that was definitely alarming. Uh, we started drinking some seltzers. We had a pretty good time drinking some seltzies, some good companies out there. Those were lifesavers. But overall, just uh, just such a, a fun thing to do. And uh, there's got the the European tour has done quite a few of them. If you check them out on YouTube, obviously go check out ours on YouTube. Um, we did a live, but you can always go back and watch it. And the European tour does a great job, and they've had multiple tour guys go out and do them. And the the level of frustration that mounts is is unbelievable. But uh, we, we'll be back, and we're definitely going to make one here this next time. I got a feeling. Yeah, the word I use the most after I found it in my vocabulary is just like demoralizing. Like you feel like you're out there to do something, and it's super hard. It's not like it's easy, but at the same time, you feel like we. Sh- I feel like we should have gotten it done. And when you don't, it's just like, oh my god, like. Give us a break here. Let us let let, let one go in the freaking hole. But we didn't do it, but we'll be back. We will be back. Um, all right, well, let's move on. We've got our picks this week for the Valspar Championship, which takes place down in uh, Tampa Bay, Florida, at Innisbrook Copperhead Course, which is widely known as one of the more challenging courses on tour, but it's also a, 
a, definitely a tour favorite. It's a ball strikers course. You can't just bomb it out there and miss fairways and everything. You got to keep it in play. You got to work the ball a little bit left to right, right to left. They got some really tough par threes. And like I said, a lot of those guys, if you ask them out on tour, it's one of their their favorite stops out there. So we are going to give you our DraftKings picks of the week this week. Spence, who do you like? Well, so real quick. This is just one of the coolest things in golf in the world. And so there's a guy out there. You guys might have seen it. Gone, it went pretty viral on Twitter and Instagram. His name is Mike Visaki. Um, and so he Monday qualified for the PGA Tour. And we've talked about Monday qualifiers before, um, just in terms of how amazing it is. Like imagine you showing up to the Broncos training facility on a Monday, practicing so well that they're going to start you in the game on Sunday. That's essentially the equivalent. And this is from the PGA Tour's Instagram, but this is Mike Visaki, who's been basically on mini tours his whole life, calling his dad after his Monday round. Excuse me if I get a little bit dusty in here. Hey, Dad. Hey. How are you? Alright. Well, and then, alright, so he calls his dad. He's, he's tearing up. Um... Pretty good content from him, but then they ask him in an interview, also on PGA Tour's Instagram. Why your story seems to be resonating so widely? Why so many people are tweeting about it, sharing on Instagram? Um, because a lot of people give up on their dreams. Dude, this shit killed me. Because they can't afford it. And he starts crying again, and dude, he's like, when he said a lot of people have given up on their dreams, I just about, I about lost it, dude, because it's like, the amount of work it takes, and now he's playing in a professional event. Like, dude, shouts out to him. Um, it's amazing. I'm gonna. I'm mad respect. He's got it. He's got it. I'm putting a dollar on him to win the tournament for sure. <laughs> Why not, bro? That would be the most. That'd be like the Leicester City of uh, wins for that guy, just coming out of nowhere and just playing in a PGA Tour event. I mean, I don't know if anybody understands the the amount of work and the amount of passion and commitment it takes to even play in a single pga tour event it takes so much and uh really a lot of respect for that guy his dedication a lot of guys do give up on their dreams and how cool to see to be him get status on the web yet next year and then and then make his way out to the pga tour and that's really the the crazy thing with professional golf is uh there's not a there's never a good time to call it, you know. It's it's really tough. There's guys who spend 20 to 25 years running around mini tours making you can make decent money, but it's it's definitely not the 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 glam of playing on the PGA tour. It's a rough life. You sometimes you sleep in your car. Um, you're playing at not that great of golf courses and and some of these guys just stick it out and all, all the power in the world to them, man. I, I gave up fairly quickly. Uh, it just didn't seem feasible for me. But these guys, like a lot of them, I, I know quite a few that they will not stop until they get out there. And that's really what it takes. But uh, such a cool moment and good for him, man. I'm excited to watch him play this weekend. Yeah, so now getting down to my picks. Um, I did pick a winner last week in case you guys haven't heard 14 times. Um, so I'm going to give you guys two top tens this week and a winner. Um, going so streaking. Going streaking. Uh, first top ten, 
This is at plus 200, so basically one one unit to win two units. Uh, Corey Connors, a guy that I've just been on all year. We talked about him last pod or two pods ago, how he's just always on the leaderboard. Um, I feel like he's he's had a week off. He didn't play last week at the team event at the Zurich. So Corey Connors to finish top 10 at plus 200 I think is real good. And then uh, also Sunjay M. I'm always kind of behind on these picks, and I picked him a couple weeks ago. I picked him in the Masters. He had a not-so-good showing, um, but he's... T4 here in his only start at this tournament, so he's got the game. He's gonna win here as soon as you know, soon again on tour, probably this year, and it could be this week. But I'm just taking him to top 10 at plus 300. And then my winner this week, I'm gonna go with the guy that lost in the playoff, uh, the guy you talked about a little earlier, Louis Oosthuizen. He's plus 3500 to win this week. So risk one unit or just a sprinkle, maybe a half a unit to win uh, 35 units. So hopefully we can keep this train rolling. Hell yeah, dude! I, I really do like that. I think he'll want to get some re- redemption after last week, and he's he's clearly playing pretty damn well. So um, I'm going to give you two top tens myself, and then also a winner. I am rolling with Sam Burns to top ten. He played real well last week. He's plus six fifty. Uh, hits a pretty damn straight and hits it a long way. So good combo there, plus six fifty, um, plus seven hundred. Doug Gim. Really good showing again last week. It's his first year out on tour, and he's really taken full advantage of it. I think he has a few top tens, and the dude's just got a shitload of game. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's he's plus 10,000 to win it, and I think he's due for a win this year. I, I, I don't know why, but he's just been playing really good golf, so maybe throw a dollar on him at plus 10,000. That that really can't hurt. So, uh, But I like him to top 10 plus 700. And then my winner, um, I'm going back to the well here. He just hits the ball so damn good, and it's I sound like a broken record, but so consistent week in, week out. I got Victor Hovland taking home the trophy, uh, the the golden paintbrush down there at the Valspar, plus 2,200. Damn, that's, uh, a, that's they, a great pick. He was on my cutting room floor. He was right there <laughs> for me. Okay, yeah, that's that's my guy this week. So I'm rolling with a bunch of young guns. I got Burns. I think all these guys are under 25. Uh, Burns, Hovland, uh, yeah, Burns, Hovland, and Gims. So those are my three guys this week. I love it. Well, get get on to DraftKings.com or the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use that promo code DNVR. Get your $100 on the draft on Thursday, and then let's bet on a winner for the Valspar this weekend. So appreciate you guys all listening. That's it for us this week. Thanks again to all the sponsors, everybody that came out and played in the tournament. Thank you to everybody that tuned in to the live stream of us in the Hole-in-One Challenge yesterday. Uh, Pat on the back for you guys that listened to my bet last week and took Cam Smith and Mark Leishman and won yourself some money on DraftKings. And also we will be announcing shortly uh, the DNVR Golf League. We're gonna get we're getting the details all finalized, but June and July. Um, if you think the tournament filled up fast, the league's gonna fill up just as fast or faster because we can only have a certain amount of people every week. So we're doing it at all different courses. We've got dates locked in at Red Hawk Ridge. We've got Common Ground. We've got Fossil Trace. We've got Spring Valley. So please come out and enjoy those leagues with us. They're gonna be just kind of fun nine holes. Get some drinks afterwards, etc. So gonna be a good time. But look out for those dates on the Twitter. So follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Golf. Myself at Big Drive Spence. He is at Big Drive Mitch. And until next time, we'll talk to ya. Peace.